This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Babak Heriati. He's the founder and CEO of a company called TapClicks. And with over 20 years as a senior executive at Fortune 500 companies, Silicon Valley tech companies specializing in software, hardware, internet, and mobile apps, he's grown businesses from millions to billions in revenue. He's an alum of Harvard Business School, Stanford Management and Entrepreneurship Program, and holds a BSCE and CS from SJSU, which I believe is San Jose University. But Babak, are you ready to take us to the top? I sure am. Is that, did I get that right? Is that San Jose? Yeah, San Jose State University. Very good. All right, tell us first. You teased us in the bio. What company have you taken from millions to billions? And then let's jump into tap clicks. So a couple of companies that uh, did that with us were Altera and Xilinx. They're in the programmable space. Okay. And how? Walk me through how you are tied into that growth. What were you responsible for? What I was responsible uh, was for outbound global marketing, and that means being able to take multitudes of different solutions from different business units bringing that all together in a unified messaging and capability with applications uh, that really address the customer's needs and being able to deploy that all over the world, whether it's Asia Pacific, Europe, uh, US, North America, et cetera. Now, are you doing this before TapClicks or, or there are actually customers of TapClicks? I was doing it way before TapClicks. And uh, I think this was in the, I started there in the late 90s and uh, left there about in the mid uh, 2000s. Why? 2008. Why did I leave? Uh, I had an opportunity to really transform a co- company called Cypress Semiconductors, which was, you know, 24 different business units. They had all kinds of different products in the marketplace. They had a programmable analog product that was really, really cool. And what they wanted me to do is come in there and transform the company from a uh, basically a commodity supplier into a proprietary programmable supplier, which we did. And the company did really, really well after that. And and wh- when did you exit that company? I exited that around 2009. Uh, and I started investing in different companies. I had done pretty well with these uh, semiconductor companies historically with their stocks, et cetera. So I started investing as an angel investor. Mm-hmm. And then in 2009, I decided to... Uh, uh, jump in and start running startups after I had invested some significant amounts. In so had you put money into TapClicks or was this TapClicks you found from scratch? I found a TapClicks from scratch, if you will, as a different name. And uh, we I had put in a lot of money into it, personal money. And, uh, well, and what's a lot, by the way? You're talking like a million, 10 million? Yeah, I know. It's, it's more like a quarter million dollars. Okay, perfect. So you put money into TapClicks. When was year one of the company? It was... 
2010, really. And we started as a neighborhood solution that we wanted to productize, kind of like Nextdoor before Nextdoor. And what we found out is that instead of being one supplier of one type of solution into the marketplace, in the social space, it's better to really go after the infrastructure play because there were thousands of different companies like that. Mm -hmm. And when we went to the media companies to productize that uh, and, and white label it, they said the real problem is how do you deal and understand the effectiveness of all the different marketing tools in the marketplace? I had a lot of experience with that as a CMO in those other companies. And I really felt like I could make a difference by creating a unified platform that brings the data and the visualization of marketing together. So, so that's what TapClix is. That's what TapClix is. That's where TapClix really started. Marketing and reporting dashboard and operations platform. That's correct. Interesting. We basically manage all the data and operations for marketing organizations like media companies, uh, agencies, and brands. So That's they're all tying a bunch of different uh, other tools they use into you kind of as a dashboard. So you're like a more customized version of, uh, you know, Clipfolio or Grow.com? We're a focused version of that. So Clipfolio and Grow really try to address kind of like Domo, uh, all aspects of a management's requirements for a dashboard. We focused on solely on marketing. So we have an order of magnitude more integrations and very deep integrations, like 175 of them through APIs just on marketing. And then we have 1,400 additional ones through our auto connector import wizard. That makes us the best in the marketing space. And because we're all marketeers coming in from agencies and tech, we really understand the problem that we need to solve. And we're very close to our customers. So that really is where we came from, is focused on marketing and making the, our customers win. Interesting. Okay, give me, uh, give me, help us understand like the kinds of customers you're working with in terms of average deal price per year. Are we talking a grand, uh, you know, 10 grand, a million, what size? It actually depends on the size of the company. We call ourselves a super scalable company, which means we got all those integrations I talked about, but we can also do all kinds of reports and dashboards that are fully customizable for thousands, ten thousands, or hundreds of thousands. On average, and, though, Babak, what would you say? Yeah, on average, it, it depends on the segment. So the small segment is hundreds of dollars, the medium range is thousands. But we do have companies that are in the fifty to eighty thousand dollars a month range. Okay, got it. So, 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 I mean, would a fair average just be to say something like a grand or two grand somewhere in that area? Average would be about three thousand dollars a month. Okay, I mean, so that's pretty healthy. Then, what's your team look like, and what percentage of them are dedicated to kind of inside sales? We have about a hundred people in the company. We are located in San Jose, Boston, Montreal, and Nashville. Okay, and. We currently, we don't have a very large sales team, and that's where the you know hope for the growth really comes in. We, we had only about four. We added two more, and we think we can do really, really well with about 30 to 40 salespeople. Okay, and, and remind me again, it was 2010 was day one, right? 2010 was day one. Okay, exactly. so 100 people now, San Jose, Boston, Montreal, Nashville, $3,000 price put on average per month, bootstrapped, or have you raised capital? Totally bootstrapped, some of my own money, plus uh, a, an individual investor ha has invested in it. But outside of that, it's it's all on our backs. Uh, we really haven't taken any... How uh, much did that outside investor put in? It's put in about $5 million. Okay, so you're, come on. You, Babak, you know you can't, you, you're not bootstrapped then. You raised capital. <laughs> I did. You can say that. But, you know, it, it, it really does look like bootstrap when you look at the, why, yeah. why do you say, I mean, to me, this seems pretty black and white. You've either taken outside money or you haven't. Why do you still want to call yeah. yourself bootstrapped when you've taken $5 million from outside? That's a good point. The reason we see ourselves at bootstrap is because we ended up merging with another company. And that really kind of changed the capital structure of the company. And it, it really looks bootstrapped from the time we really went into the massive growth phase of the company. When did you merge? 
2015, January of 2015. So for me, Why? this company is really a 2015 company. Uh, but the historical investments were in the direction of some of the things I talked about, the application, the location-based capabilities that we had. Why That's did you merge, though, Babak, in 2015? Give me the details of that. Why did we, I'm sorry, ask the question Why again. did you merge in 2015? We merged because there was two companies that were really, really good in addressing the media space and their agencies and their problems, understanding those problems and delivering solutions to them. We felt very strongly that if we come together, we can really solve the massive problem of operations and data for those companies. So really what we needed was just more of everything. And by coming together, we managed to deliver that. Okay, but this is your investor, right? You own the relationship with him or her? Yes, I do. Okay, and you're now the CEO of the merged company, Tapflex. Yes, okay, and what have you scaled to today? How many customers are you serving about? We have 3,000 agencies and media customers as our, uh, as our customer base, and they supply to many, many of their customers uh, the information that they need through our dashboards and reporting platforms. So it's hundreds to millions of end clients, hundreds of thousands to millions of end clients, uh, based on that customer structure, but our direct paying customers are over 3,000 agencies and media companies and some brands. Okay, if I take that 3,000 paying customers times three grand a month on average, you know that puts you super high, like nine million bucks a month. I, I don't, maybe you're gonna surprise me. I don't think you're there yet, but where's my math wrong? The math is wrong based on the fact that we do have a lot of them in the lower price point. Uh, and that one, when you force me for for the average price, I don't think I included that. Okay, got it. So that that is not three thousand a month is not an average. Then it's more in the hundreds. It's more for the what I would call the traditional tap analytics customer base. Correct? Okay, okay, got it. And that would be, I mean, five hundred ish there or somewhere in. Yeah, you're looking at about. $300, I would say, okay. on average, okay. if you took those into consideration. Okay. And that backs up nicely with what you said uh, in the Inc. 5000, you're ranked in 2016, you did about $9.9 million that year. What are you growing at year over year today, would you say? 60%. Six, okay, that's pretty healthy. 60, rate, yes. 60%. So, and, and today, like last month, I mean, have you broken the million dollar mark yet a month or no? Yes, we have. You have. Did you do that in the past 30 days? Above that. In December, we went uh, significantly over that. Okay, got it. Well, that's, that's well. First off, congratulations. That's a nice milestone to pass. When you say significantly, I mean, what are you at today in terms of monthly revenue? Uh, okay, let me see if I want to share that. I will share that. We're okay. over one point. <laughs> one point what? One point one million. Okay, that's good. So, so I just when you say significantly, I always like to try and quantify that as best I can. But ten percent more is significant. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. So, so percent more a month, I'd be very ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So a, mil, a million one a month across three thousand customers. So on average, each one's paying about three sixty, three seventy a month. That's healthy. You're up sixty percent year over year, which is also good growth. Talking about unit economics here, where are you getting these customers? How are you signing them up, and what are you paying to you know sign them up? What's your CAC? It, it really depends on the type of customer. The low end is all self-serve, completely self-serve. We don't really have salespeople for that at all. The mid-range of customers, we have an inside sales team. And the high end of customers, we have an inter enterprise class sales team that goes after them. Mm -hmm. And we're strengthening that right now as we speak. So there are really three different types of sell. And it works out for us to CAC on all of them. The... Uh, customer acquisition cost versus the return is about the same for all of us. Which the is what? That investment is is less than ninety days. You get paid back in less than nine, less than three months. That's right. That's really great. So, oh, 
So again, you have obviously three different cohorts, a couple hundred a month, a couple thousand a month, and ones that are much bigger than that. But on average, three month payback, they're paying 360, you know, 360 bucks a month. So you're spending, you know, call it a grand on average to acquire these guys getting paid back fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, on the low end, we, we don't even spend that much. The, the returns are much higher than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, we're, we're obviously... It's a very attractive business to keep pouring cash into and grow it quickly. Well, so why That's, haven't you poured more cash into it? Three-month payback period's way low. I mean, most SaaS companies that have raised $5 million, bucks, they're willing to spend, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, you know, months of value on CAC. Many times when I see a payback this healthy, I wonder, have he's, has he just not found other channels to grow in? Yeah, I think the the answer is to do to put more cash into it. The the lucky thing about us is that we're growing so fast that we feed ourselves and we've been feeding our own growth without needing money. We took some uh, light debt from a specific company uh, early last year. What does light debt mean? What does that mean? Something around three million dollars. No, but what does that mean in terms of terms? Is it similar to a SaaS capital or a lighter capital in terms of the yes. terms? It's SaaS capital. Okay. Oh, what SaaS capital? Oh, okay, got it. So you waste three million from SaaS Capital. Those are good guys. Um, okay, and why did you decide to raise debt? Was that a bridge round to get to your next priced round? Yeah, I mean, again, from our perspective, if we can raise debt to grow the business and, and not dilute the company and the and the folks that works there, it's a good it's a good outcome, and we think we can do more of that. Um, so, what's it been like working with those guys? With the SaaS Capital guys? Yeah, good, bad covenants they, are not fun. I, what? I, I, they, they did a great due diligence for us, which means they went really, really deep to analyze the company. And that was a blessing because it just prepared us for the KPIs that we need to look for uh, moving forward. I thought that was a great experience. It was tough, but it was good. Uh, in terms of just working with them and uh, reporting to them in terms of the uh, results of the company, it's also been great. Their relationship is also good. Very. That's they, great. they help us by sharing best practices in the industry throughout their uh, their portfolio. Tell so, me about churn. I'm sorry. Tell me about churn. What churn? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, churn is uh, churn is uh, is higher in the very low end, as you would expect, and it's very low on the high end of our customer base. So, uh, the when you go self serve, you're more likely to lose your customers than we're, when you're really kind of white gloving them on the high end of the customer. Okay, so, Bobak, so- let's ignore let's ignore logo churn, which means that the customer size doesn't matter. Let's just talk about revenue churn. It's positive. We we have negative churn, so we we make more revenue from our. If you take a picture of our customer base from a year ago and look at that overall customer base and their contribution. Uh, of revenue to the company is positive. Yeah, so so I want to break it down though. So you're saying net revenue churn is negative or retention is positive, right? Um, yes. What what is gross churn look like? And then obviously you're covering that up with expansion revenue. But what does gross revenue churn look like annually? Gross revenue churn before expansion. Before expansion, I'm not willing to share that. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Why not? Is it bad? I'm already giving you a lot. That's that's a good way of when you don't share that it sounds like it's bad. No, it's not bad, but it's one of those things that I would say that it, it's very complicated given the different types of business units that we have. And if I combine it, it will look bad. It's not a good idea. So I'm not going to do well, that. If you, if, you, if you combine it, then that's how you get to net. I mean, that's the difference between gross and net, right? Combined with expansion added, you get net positive. So I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Let me ask it differently. How much expansion yeah. revenue are you driving every year? Expansion revenues are close to 10%. Okay. And and right now, 
saying is when you take churn into consideration, it's close to 10% growth of the existing customer base last year. Yeah. So your net, your net growth is 10% in revenue year over year. Yeah. Yeah. From the current base. What, What I'm asking is that number is actually, if I just don't give me net, just give me gross growth on the base. It's got to be way higher than 10% because it has yes, to cover churn. Good mathematician, you figure out my overall gross churn. I'm, I'm trying to not answer that question. Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to understand. Do you not know it? I do know it, but I prefer to keep it. I'm kind of feeling like I'm sharing a lot uh, publicly and I prefer not to. Have you listened? That. Hey, Bobak, have you listened to other episodes of this, of the show? I did the beginning of some of them, yes. Okay, so you you understand what you're signing up for, right? That's why so many, this, I mean, this is why millions of people listen to the show. So I'm just saying, I'm trying to help you out here. They're going to wonder. So so you're, I don't think you're helping yourself by not sharing it, but you're welcome to not share it. But I'm just saying, private equity folks, M&A folks, they're all listening and they'll wonder. Yes, yes. I would say that um, uh, if they if they're really interested in Taplex, they should talk to me in terms of investment. I apologize for that, but it's really like to me that's one of the most uh, important metrics. To uh, I'll, I'll tell you this: our NPS score is amazing. So we just did a new Net Promoter score, and uh, I think it went over thirty. So the customers are very very pleased with the usage of our product. Uh, most of them want to retain the usage of Taplex. The product's getting better all the time. So we're very, very positive about the outcome of the company and the lack of churn moving forward. But I would say that one, on the low end of the product, which is self-serve, um, we have traditionally not put a lot of success people on that, and we're changing that and putting uh, success folks on top of that side of the business. You know, the how, can you afford, how can you afford to do that, though, at such low price points? You want those guys to churn if you're going up, if you're trying to just drive more expansion revenue. It's in the, it's in the low cost region. It's, we're getting such a return from that customer base in terms of the, uh, when they come in and we get them, that it's worth retaining customers. We're big believers that we really don't want to have any churn at all. Our goal is zero if it's at all possible. Yeah, I mean, but no churn would. I mean that. I mean that would be really tricky. That would mean that would mean to say that you want to serve everybody. I would say that the the low end of the business, and I'm talking about self serve, where it's like ninety nine bucks, hundred fifty nine, etc. Um, there is enough customer base that is traditionally lost where we can have a positive churn. We can actually. I'm sorry, negative churn. Uh, on that business and we want to get there. Baba, can I tell you something? I have never heard of anyone at an ARPU less than 200 bucks a month get to negative churn. There's just not enough opportunity to drive expansion revenue. That may be true and that's something that I need to look into deeper, what you're saying. Yeah, interesting. That, that business is new to us so we want to we want to be able to understand it much deeper. But what we did recognize is that while initially the churn was high, uh, when we put some uh, nurturing marketing programs in place to just tell them about the what we were adding value to from their perspective. That churn has significantly slowed down, and the prices have gone on. More people are moving to the higher end products. That's great, and we're pleased with that. I, I don't. I'm not going to tell you I have all the answers, but I we do have hopes that we can try to bring the churn of the mid range to the high end close to zero, and really, really manage that low end business, which 
you're right about your perspective, I believe, but we want to figure out the formula to, yeah. to I mean, make Baba, based track. off the numbers you're telling me, you're doing such a great job driving expansion in your higher priced accounts that it doesn't even matter what your SMB churn is, although you're having reservations about sharing it for some reason. I'm trying to give you credit. You, you ha- the only way to hit the numbers you've told me is you're doing a great job driving expansion revenue. You're right. Yeah. We are. We want to make for us, it's a very simple thing. Churn, avoiding churn is the foundation of growth in our view. And we want to just not have any churn if we can help it. I know it seems unreasonable, but that's our goal. And in terms of expansion, when you get expansion on top of very little churn, then it's it's very, very fast growth. And yeah, that's yeah. what we yeah, want to yeah. accomplish. So we want to turn the 60%, for example, the 60% growth to 100% growth this year. That's our goal. Are we going to get there? comes down to execution and if some of our programs work or not. Yep, makes good sense. Babak, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book you read? Uh, the last business book was, um, wow, you caught me off guard on that one, the famous five. So, uh, Don't make one up if you didn't, if you have it, you can't remember, that's okay. I actually recommend a whole bunch of them uh, to, to folks, but let me see the one that I like the most is, uh, is, uh, well, I'm not. I'm going to skip that for now. Okay. N- number two is the, name a CEO in San Jose you really like getting coffee or dinner with. Sandeep Vich. And what's he run? He ran MIPS. Spell it. M-I-P-S. MIPS. Okay, good. All right. Number three. What's your favorite online tool for growing the business? Um, Salesforce. Number uh, four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Three or four. Three, come on, Bobak. There's no way you're surviving all every night. You're averaging three between three and four hours of sleep. You're telling me every you don't ever catch up. Weekends, sure. Weekends okay, so but you would you would still say your average is between three and four hours a night. Yeah, I that's incredible. That's incredible. I don't know how, how old are you. <laughs> I'm fifty-two. <laughs> how do you? I mean, how do you? How do you survive with, with that little sleep? Um, I don't know. I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. I think everyone in the company knows that that's kind of where, how much sleep I get. I, yeah, but I don't really think passion is correlated to less sleep. If that was the case, everyone would sleep none to tell everyone there. Oh, look how passionate I am. I do not think those things are correlated. It's just, I can't, I can't change it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm kind of addicted to what we're doing and whenever I can be on it, I'm on it. That's Honestly, amazing. That's look, I, I mean, I wish I could sleep. I wish so I could sleep that. I, we do have a Boston group that they know they can communicate. They can communicate with me starting at six thirty a.m. their time. Yeah, no, I'm so just I mean, saying if you're only getting three and a half hours of sleep every night, you're superhuman. I hope you're saving your stem cells. Someone's going to sell those for a lot of money one day. All right, and uh, what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? I'm sorry, I have three kids. Yes. Okay, and married, single? Married. Married. All right, and last question, Babak. Take us back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish he knew? The 20 year, ask the question you got cut off. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I wish my 20 year old self knew how hard it is to do a startup and grow a business uh, to to great success. It's much, much harder. I've tried it since I was, uh, I believe, 22. But when it gets going, it's it's really a, uh, an amazing experience as well as a very difficult one. So I don't believe most people that do startups really understand what they're getting into. 
There you guys have it. Marketing reporting, dashboards, highly specific, super specific segment as well. Loads of integrations founded by Babak back in 2010. Now over 100 people. Healthy economics are serving about 3,000 agency customers, paying on average 300, 400 bucks a month, doing about 1.1 million bucks a month right now in revenue. That's up 60% year over year. 10% net revenue growth uh, year over year. Again, expansion way outpacing churn by, again, that 10% number. They're spending about a grand to acquire these customers. That gives them a payback of under or around three months. So healthy economics, about $5 million raised in San Jose, Boston, Montreal, and Nashville. Babak, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate being on the program.